0: is though podcast is about the sober lifestyle style style we promise motivation inspiration and transformation the Sober is though podcast is about the sober lifestyle style style i was able to transform my mind and body and spirit we won't steer you wrong Hey, yo, check it out. This is the Wild Cowboy with a lot of style, boy. The great Sadat X, one of one, brand new being punctured up to get beat down. Slow down. You know what I'm saying? Come on, mother Eppers and everything like that. The brand new being brother. And I'm giving a shout out to Sober is Dope podcast community for fighting addiction and mental illness. You understand? Addiction and mental illness. Anybody can have it, man. And it's not... You know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, man. All we can do is help and uplift. Anybody struggling with it, man, you know it's love, man. Definitely coming from the Sober is Dope podcast community. So if you're feeling the type of way, reach out to them people, man, and they'll help you. Word up. Check it out, The Wild Cowboy with a lot of styleboy, The Great Sadat And once again, shout out to the Sober is Dope podcast community for fighting addiction and mental illness. Let's band together, y'all. Each one teach one. Love is love. hello friends and family welcome back to the sober is dope podcast i'm your host pop buchanan and today i wanted to drop in and say hello to everyone that's new to the Is Dope community Everyone that is interested or purchased the Is Dope book And I just wanted to shout out all our day ones from the Is Dope podcast I hope everyone is doing well out there um, Over the last couple of weeks I've been posting a lot on Instagram And it has been a lot of themes that has been coming up And I wanted to just, one, say to anyone... That's out there and listening, that right now is still drinking or doing drugs, and you're looking for some help and a way out. I just want to say to you that I'm always going to be there for people in that situation. I'm always going to be there for you. I'm one person, I'm not a program. I'm not a rehab I'm not a detox I'm just Pop Buchanan A kid from Brooklyn A man from Brooklyn at this point um, That You know 10 years ago, got on my knees in the middle of the street in Brooklyn and just broke down and gave my life back to God because I was going to die. I don't have no pretty way to put it. I was going to die and I really had nowhere to go. And I was just like, I went from being a very successful person to just almost living on the street and just totally destitute because my addiction just was just horrible. So I know for a fact Where you're coming from when you contact Me and you say you know I'm struggling I want this to stop and I just Want help I get it I've been there And I was there before it was trending On social media I was there When we still was anonymous a lot of us Wasn't didn't know about recovering Out loud it was just something that we dealt With and um, we we had Our trophies and uh, it was our Personal trophies and our personal goals That we would meet uh, for Ourselves in um, uh um, you know So I understand it And I just want to tell you from a human level This is me Anyone that knows pop I'm not a salesman I'm not going to be the guy constantly trying to sell you stuff Or trying to sell my story to you I don't have to do that I have a lot going on And soap is dope is a labor of love But Like It literally came down to Me Just being honest with myself and it comes down to me being honest with you and it simply comes down to you can get through where you are now the first thing i want to say to anyone that's struggling with addiction and this is real you're gonna to have to be very creative and you're gonna have to be very honest with how you frame it to your family and friends if you're in a situation or a household where no one is really gonna be supportive or understand it. You know, some of us have households where everyone drinks and it's a pastime and you feel trapped and you just want a way out. You have to know how to frame it. Some of us don't have a support system, but just feel like that we have nowhere to go. You have to be honest with yourself. Sometimes people come to me and say, you know, I really want to stop drinking. I'm like, okay, we have a few options, right? There's a few options. Alright I'm going to go through all the options for you And you tell me what you're interested in And then I would just like literally Tell them what to do and then hopefully They could go do it because again Sober is dope is not about Railroading people into recovery programs We don't have no connection to recovery programs We don't do any kickbacks We don't body broke We don't do any shady sober stuff We're not treatment centers but I'm a real human being that's going to tell you The steps that you could take to really Get the ball rolling So if you're new in recovery, here's the steps. This is what I would tell you in the inbox. This is what I'm telling you now. First thing first, congratulations, because it takes a lot to come to the point where you are saying or you're speaking about a change in your life. I think first we have to acknowledge the the big step that it takes for someone that's in addiction to break themselves out of that cycle by being honest with themselves, right? That's the first thing I'll say to you. The second thing I'll say to you is How often do you drink? How often do you use? Is it every day? Is it every other day? I try to get an idea of where you at For me, it was 24-7 Drink till I wake up Go to sleep Don't eat Don't drink water Drink till I wake up Go to sleep Don't drink Don't they talking about it Six, seven months out Till I got sick Had to go to the hospital Detox Come back out Get healthy enough to function Drink, go to sleep No water, no food Drink, go to sleep No water, no food I was a full-blown alcoholic For that terrible Two to three years of my life where depression took me down that rabbit hole. So I needed the extent of services that was allotted to me by the state of New York. And I was going for it all. I wanted everything. I'm like, look, I'll do anything you tell me. Just give it to me. But... You have people that's actually functional alcoholics Or people that's occasional or dry You know what they say Occasional alcoholics Like oh I drink every Thursday or I drink here and there But when I drink I can't stop And I go off And I drink to I sleep And all of this stuff Either way alcoholism is alcoholism So I try to assess where you're coming from Right. And then I say things like, do you have any support? Like, do you have family members or friends that's sober that you could have a a support system that may help you? A lot of the times people say, no, everyone around me drinks and I don't have anybody. Right. I can't really confide in anyone about this. Okay, my next question would be, do you have a church that you go to or someone that is in a position that can help you? Like do you have a police officer in the family? Do you are you friends with the are you close to a precinct where you go talk to somebody? Are you near a hospital where you go talk to somebody, right? Because sometimes going into getting social services or going into places and just saying, hey, I'm struggling with alcohol or drug addiction and I want to speak to someone, that is a big step because that's kind of like what I did, but we'll go back to that. If you want to hear the full story, go to episode one. And the next thing I'll tell the person is well, um, what type of treat? What, what, what do you want to do? Because these are your options. You could go cold turkey, right? Meaning that you'll just stop drinking on your own and you'll try to do your best and hopefully it works. Now, cold turkey can work for many people. I'm not going to say it's not recommended. I'm not going to knock it. Cold turkey helped me get to the point where I was able to actually go into full treatment and run the gamut of services to get myself clean and sober. But that's the first option that everyone has allotted to them. Do you want to go cold turkey? The second option is, do you want to go cold turkey and then go to AA or, or NA, which is Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, right? Now that's a valid step. I'm going cold turkey, but I'm gonna qualify that with a support system. Now, this is where people get a little bit, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if AA is for me. Now, here's the thing. Let's shatter the AA myth today, right? AA is not all about a come to God moment. AA is not about some cult. It's not some fraternity or some secret brotherhood where they're gonna indoctrinate you. And AA is a simple place that's extremely effective where you could go. And every single person there is dealing with the same type of situation you're dealing with some worse, some not as bad. But this is a place where you have like minded people that's going through the steps from the person that's there is a day one. This is their first day. This person is visibly disheveled, probably just came out of detox, or re- uh, some type of detox, and they're just trying to do the right thing to someone who has 50 years in recovery. So AA can be extremely effective because, one, you have these 12 steps that help you identify your addiction and help you make sense of it. And if you follow these 12 steps, the probability of you having success in your recovery are higher than you doing it on your own. That has been proven. Right, it's been also proven that AA alone is not one hundred percent effective. But nothing in life is one hundred percent effective. But it has been proven, and I'm a personal case study that going cold turkey with AA gave me a better shot. It didn't take me to the finish line because I still relapsed. But it was better than the first time where I went cold turkey. So there was like I went through like three or four stages of trying to get sober before I was successful. The first one was. I was going I went cold turkey I'm not doing this no more I'm inspired I feel better I'm going to change my life Six months Relapse Go for another two years Tear apart the town Tasmanian devil's back Then the second time is I'm going to go cold turkey Then I'm going to go to AA Great Same thing I'm good three months excited Then one bad thing happened I relapse and I feel afraid to go back to AA And I just stop And then I go off another deep end Right Uh, Next time around Oh I go to detox Come home Then say I'm not going to drink anymore Then go to AA Then I go for about almost Six to seven months Then I relapsed again Then that took me into a point where That was the final stretch That last time I drank for like three years Or two years straight And that was the worst of the worst That's when I went through depression I went through depression from a breakup I went through depression from loss I lost my business I lost my company The real estate market crashed I was losing my place I was losing my sense of purpose My identity I was just stuck in this depression And I was fully addicted Meaning that now I'm drinking without drinking water I'm not eating I'm just Only thing that my body's craving is alcohol It was a terrible vicious cycle I could explain the science behind that Later or how that works with the brain And dopamine receptors and your dopamine Levels and why you are addicted But just for the lack of this conversation Or this talk I was Just 100% totally Addicted and then That's when I hit that rock bottom point That I talk about in episode one of Sober's Dope where I literally just got on my knees In the middle of the street and said god I'm Done I don't know what to do No more I can't do this by Myself and I need uh, some help I need a miracle and yes I heard a voice I followed that voice and that voice told me get up jump that turnstile I'm in New York City get on a train go to this hospital and stay there and don't stop listening until you get there. And when you get there, keep listening until you're done. And I've been listening to that voice ever since. But that's not the point. That's that. That's not the point. The point was I got to a point on my own where I would have died. It was like I was at the finish line. All right, I was. I was totally, totally emaciated, dehydrated. I had a half a liver. I'm in my late twenties, going into my early thirties. I was just done. I'm actually, I was in my early 30s and I was just fried, right? I was going to die. And it would have been a tragedy. I talk about this in the Sober's Dope book. It would have been a tragedy if I died. And if I didn't get on my knees and give my life back to God, and what I'm saying that it wasn't like it was about God, church, and religion. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it was the realest human. It was the most honest human experience where I'm a smart guy. I thought about every possible possibility in my life and it all came down to... You're living a life that's outside of God, and you're gonna die. This is what the, the darkness of evil looks like. This is what manufactured addiction looks like. When these guys are in labs and they're making this alcohol and they're making these drugs and all of this stuff, this pharmacia sorcery. The root word of pharmacy comes from pharmacia, which is sorcery of magic and charms. And you know, when you're dealing with this world, these wines and spirits, you're dealing with real spiritual forces that's bigger than you and they're designed to drag you to hell or to kill you now drag you to hell is just another way of killing you if i die because of my addiction and that means that this thing stole my life and i was powerless over it so i couldn't even rescue myself and we know that this happens every day every 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 couple of minutes someone is overdosing or dying we know this this is not rocket science i'm not reinventing anything part of sober is dope is me seeing the news seeing the statistics seeing people die around me seeing every this this whole pan uh, 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 um 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 i would say this whole drug epidemic and uh, the alcohol crisis manifest right in front of me and i'm sitting here just chilling and sober like yo i'm living my best life So six years ago, I said, you know what? I I should tell my story. I don't know something in me. God was kind of like, kid, you're living this beautiful life of recovery and all of these people are sick around you. Why don't you share your story? And that's what I did. So when I got on my knees in Brooklyn and I just said, God help me, I had to fully surrender. But the poetic part of it was this time I said, and this is part of the voice that i was i was listening to you have to go all in kid you have to do everything to fix yourself from your grief from the trauma of losing your dad as a young age From the disappointment of losing your job and your house Because of your addiction and because of the market And because of the recession of 2007 and all of that I was going through a lot with real estate and I lost a lot And my addiction did not help my situation I lost the people I love I was out of relationship with my family members I was alone, I was just isolated and I was scared and I, most importantly I felt like I lost that connection with God That special grace I had I always had this luck the charm about me This light about me And I looked in the mirror And I didn't see no light left It was just like I was a shell um, That was on my way out And I knew that wasn't God I knew me I said God loved me I was always a jubilant Upbeat bright kid Full of light and love and spirituality How do I wind up In my early 30s Just getting out of my 20s Graduating not too long ago I graduated with my bachelor's degree at 23 Fast forward 7 or 8 years later How do I get to this point From having a successful career Graduating to being Almost homeless in the middle of the street With nothing Where did I go wrong what force of nature would drag someone so to such a low level? And what's in this alcohol and these drugs that got me so addicted where I can't do nothing else but drink? What is happening? And at the time, I just thought it was all about me. I just thought I was the only person in the world that was dealing with this affliction that had it this bad, you know? It didn't matter if I went to AA before and saw people addicted. I just was like, you know, it's something weird with me where I'm wired. It was nothing wrong with me. I was simply allergic to the alcohol. My pain and trauma was causing this depression. Depression. The depression was affecting my vital neurotransmitter hormones, making me and creating an environment for me that was healthy. I was dealing with mental illness because I was sad and depressed and I had anxiety because I was smart enough to understand stand in my life I would totally was a failure at that point I disappointed everyone around me and it didn't look good for your your boy pop You Buchanan it did not look good right so I had to be honest with myself so this is the beautiful point of getting on my knees in the middle of the street I had to go all in I had to go all in say it with me you may have to go all in so for the person that comes to me that's not that feels like they're in active addiction and they want to get their life together, this may be the next option. So let's recap. Option number one is gold cold turkey. You're going to have to just stop drinking. And if that's it, good luck. Maybe you'll be successful. Maybe you won't. I would say try to find community and stuff like that. Option two is go cold turkey and go to Alcoholic or Narcotics Anonymous. Then you'll find community and stuff. And hopefully you'll be successful there. The chances are higher. Option number three is go to a medically assisted detox now this is the option that i took i took a medically assisted detox and remember sober is dope is not sponsored affiliated get no kickbacks from any detox centers or rehab centers we don't body broke we have nothing to do with that we are totally outside of that world because we want to give you a neutral perspective and the only thing we're going to be selling you is the benefits of sobriety period And our book, and maybe like the podcast. And that's just because that's what we do. We write books and we make podcasts. So. This is the all in approach that I had to take I had to take a medically assisted Detox because I needed to get This stuff out my system I started thinking like a scientist I'm a smart kid I graduated with a Bachelor's of Science in Business and I understand science is As much as I love God I love science Just as much because science and God Goes to one and one and the same You know you need them both whether scientists Don't want to admit it or not is things that they don't know how to explain Because they're not God But I had to think of like a scientist. And I said to myself okay start from number one we have to get our bodies back to homeostasis homeostasis is when your blood and everything in your body goes back to its normal baseline right i was toxic i my liver was pumped with nothing but alcohol i was almost septic i was just like i had half of a liver my liver enzymes wasn't working my body wasn't getting rid of the alcohol i was dying i was sick i was having a uh, my nervous system was shot i was smoking too much cigarettes my lungs was this dysregulated i was was just i was shaky i had i was totally in peril totally in peril i'm telling you thinking about it bring chills to me i never want to go back to that there's no drink in the world there's no experience in the world that would ever make me play with the danger of alcohol the danger that thing is the most insidious manipulative nasty chemical substance that i think Ever hit the planet because it's legal and it's free and it's around celebration and all this bullshit. But trust me, if you get hit with that allergy like I did, and if that thing disagrees with you in any way, I promise you it will be the darkest moment in your life. That alcohol will catch you on a bad day and drag you all the way down. So I had to go to a medically assisted detox and get my body together. They only want to keep you for three to five days, right? So that's the beauty of a medically assisted detox. So this is the next step. Most people after they leave detox, you sit with someone. uh, They call it an exit interview or exit counselor. And they say, hey, you wanna go home, you can go home. You wanna go to rehab, we can talk about options, right? That's it in a nutshell. This is where I always failed because I will always say, nah, I'm good. You know, give me a brochure. I'm, I'm a bullshit artist. You know, as an addict, I'm a professional bullshit artist. Give me a brochure, I feel wonderful, I'm fine, I'm motivated, I don't wanna touch alcohol no more. I'll go back into the street, go back home, make some music, kick around with some girls, bullshit, bullshit, next thing you know, I'm drinking again, right? I did not commit. This time I said, nope, there's a step after this. I told the counselor, I want it all, baby. Give it all to me. I don't care if I gotta go to Russia and train like Rocky Balboa in the snow to maintain my sobriety, where do I go? Give me the plane ticket, I'm going to Russia. I was 100% committed because if you don't know this, I'm putting you on now. When I got on my knees in Brooklyn, And I was crying out to God. I said, God, if you can deliver me from this, I needed a miracle. I had no money. I was literally going into shock. I would have died that day. I was finished. Done. You hear me? Done. So I said to God, and I'm a very spiritual guy, so I knew what I was doing, so to say. I was testing the waters to see if I still had a line open with God. I was testing God's mercy, but it wasn't like I was challenging God. I just couldn't believe that there was any hope for me anymore. So it was my last ditch attempt to say to God, if you could get me out of this situation. Oh, my God. I don't know how I got here. God, the devil has captured me. I'm done. I'm finished. I don't want to die. I'm scared. If you could get me out of this, now, I studied about you my whole life was a Catholic kid. faith, mercy. Mercy, redemption The miraculous powers of God The miraculous powers of Jesus Christ Yeah, I done heard it all It doesn't matter Unless when you're in your darkest moment You could activate that power And it's real and I said God if I know you're real But can you still hear me And can you help me The devil has captured me And I'm dying And I'm scared And I don't want to die Please Now I'm saying It's crying It's inaudible Only God probably Can understand it I, I was probably Speaking at a mouth. I was just out of In that street In the middle of Morning traffic Outside of a train station People looking at me Like this kid's on the floor Crying and praying And looking up at the sky It must have been A spectacle I wish Somebody filmed that because maybe someone did it back then. I don't know. I don't even know if they had phones that could film that much quality ten years ago. But the point was, I God, I heard God's voice and God gave me a sign. When I heard that voice plug into my head like a separate mic jack and said, "It's done." We're sending everyone. I, that's what I have heard. We're sending everyone, every angel, every ancestor, everything I asked for. Done. Done. I felt it. I felt the anointing. I said, done. All I got to do is get up and go to this hospital and trust you. God was like, trust me. Just don't leave the process. Whatever you're going to commit to now, stay in it. And I did. So that brought me to this exit interview. Where I, as the bullshit artist, could have played myself and said, nah, let me go home. Because I could have went home and told my family, oh, I just got out of treatment. I was there for three months. It was only five days. I, I, I was there for, uh, I got this whole epiphany. Take me back. Trust me. And next thing you know, I'm bullshitting and drinking again. And then I would have surely died. And it would have been no Sobers, dope, no 10 years, no no pop. You can't other than that. But in all honesty My friends and my family I'm being real with you I looked at that counselor and said Let me know what my insurance is willing to do Because at the time I didn't have insurance So they had to retroactively make me apply I had to go through New York State They gave me emergency insurance So he said, well, you don't have all of the resources right now To go into an inpatient But we could get you into an outpatient Because you're homeless Because you said you're displaced from your house You lost your house Your family don't want to talk to you Your friends don't want to talk to you Because you're just a drunk a mess, and you burned all the bridges, and nobody wants you in their house because they think you're gonna drink and stay up all night and goof off. So we could get you into homeless services. You'll go into a. Uh, you'll have to go into a drug treat. I said, I want it. I want it. I'll take it. I'll take it all. So. He gives me a piece of paper with an address in Brooklyn and said, go to this place and you're going to talk to this person and then they're going to set you up. So I'm like, "Okay." so they give me a Metro card. So all I have on me is a Metro card, no money, no, no ID or anything in this piece of paper. So I go to this three quarter house and um, I walk in and I see a bunch of tough guys outside. So I'm like, what type of place is this? So I walk in and I'm like, yo, it's like 300 men in here, is this a shelter? And the guy's like, no, it's a three quarter house. This is where they send people from jail after they get out and they're in parole, but they're paroled into a drug program. And I said, yeah, but I'm not from jail. I never got locked up, man. It must be a mistake. They said, no, 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 it's no mistake. Do you have a place to stay? No. Are you in this outpatient um, drug treatment program for alcoholism? Yes. Well, this is where you got to stay. If you stay here and you abide by the rules, then you get to get to the next level. So what do you want to do? I said, all right, right, I'm sorry. I want to stay. So the guy gives me a bag and inside the bag is a care package. It's like a pair of socks, a toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, and um, that was it. And he's like, well, he walks me up the stairs. I'm walking past all of these doors I'm seeing all these tough guys you know I look crazy I have a beard I look like a tough Brooklyn kid I'm all I have not shaved, so these guys looking at me like oh boy here come this knucklehead because I look like a tough guy like you know I look crazy so I go all the way up the stairs I get into this place I'm already on my Brooklyn street stuff I'm looking for razor blade I'm like yo somebody say something to me I'm putting it on them and all of that I was just like tired and scared but I just was like whatever I go into a room and I see three gigantic guys on these bunk beds in a room that's extremely tiny and I'm like oh boy so it's my friend Dave at the bottom bunk bed no Dave was at the top may he rest in peace Dave died all right so, and he was young. Dave was in his twenties. He's a Jamaican kid that smoked weed. He was in his twenties and he was on parole. And I miss him. He, be, these are, oh, they all became my best friends. It was an old Puerto Rican guy who looked like the straight stereotypical Puerto Rican gangster with the slick hair, the tattoos, the chip tooth. From like the 90s. He was a straight gangster. scared Scary looking as hell. Another Puerto Rican dude with no teeth. But he had a straight fade. Look like a straight killer. All of these guys from jail. And then it's my bunk bed. So I walk in. They go, oh boy. I got a beard. My beard is gray. I'm young. I'm in my early 30s. But I got a genetic. My father had gray hair. We have gray hair as a young I had a gray hair as a young guy. So... I just always had gray hair But anyway When I grew my beard And it was all gray But I looked super young So it was confusing to them And they was like Yo this guy looked crazy So I sat down And they're watching football And for anyone that knows me At the time I hated football I hate sports And it was the best thing That could have ever happened to me Because these guys Was literally Watching football in a tiny room where you could barely have room to walk on bunk beds. And I literally sat on a cooler and I told these guys, my name is Pop. And I said, is that my bed up there? They said, yeah, bro, that's your bed. They said, yo, you got to be on point here tomorrow. You're going to have to do a lot. You uh, got to go get your insurance. You got to go down to human resources. You're going to have to go to the treatment center. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. They're watching football. I said, gentlemen, I'm going to go lay down. I crawled up on that bed and I committed that day and that time. By thanking God for blessing me with this new place. I'm a kid who came from a $1.5 million brownstone out of college, making $20,000 a month, doing real estate investments. I was a kid who was always at the best restaurants, beautiful girls, everything. And now I'm in this little shelter, three-quarter house, and I lay down and go to sleep. And that was the best night of sleep I ever had in my life. And that is the beginning of the sober's Dope story. I committed to this crazy plan where my mother and my family and friends live in walking distance. And I'm in the middle of Brooklyn at this strange place with all these guys from jail. And they don't know I have college degrees, that I'm a music artist, that I did all of this stuff. And I was, I was just a normal guy to them. And I committed. And the next day I woke up and my life started. It was as if God transformed me into the jo- the Joseph Pop Buchanan that's sitting in front of you today. I was so charged up when I got out of that bed for the next the next 12 months I kicked ass. By the end of that day, I went to HRA, I enrolled myself into every possible program you could imagine I, I, I made sure I got psychological services, and I was able to go meet my drug and um, alcohol counselors at my outpatient rehab I took my first meeting, I went to Alcoholic Anonymous and was home by 7pm Because that was my curfew, because it was my first week, then they'll extend it to 9 but I was home by 7 p.m. and I went to an old friend named Esteban. And I waited outside his building and I, I didn't want to tell my family or nobody. He was the only person I could trust that I was going through the sacred process by myself. I'm in the middle of a shelter and I'm stuck and all of this. I'm by myself. So I knew Esteban wouldn't judge me. That's why we can't judge addicts. And when they you can't judge anyone. We must stop judging people. Period. Stop i'm telling everybody out there let's stop in 2023 with the judgment we're all human we all have mistakes and that's me i judge i watch somebody oh look at that look at her hair why would they wear their hair like that that's a stupid outfit i don't like their voice one day i said yo stop stop it's not funny it's not cute anyone could ridicule someone else none of us is perfect stop so me, I could have went to a thousand people, but it was one person that I thought wouldn't judge me. and I waited outside their house like some type of creep. and this was for a long time. It was like from like five o'clock to like like, I think six. I had to make sure I could get back before a curfew. And you know why I waited because I needed money for food, and I just wanted something to eat, man, and, and like they, my, my food stamps didn't kick in yet, and all of this stuff, and I, I was just I just it was my second day. It was my first day. I would say I went to sleep, woke up. So, long story short, my friend Esteban, um, he gets off the train and he sees me, and it was such the, it was such a beautiful, warm embrace. He was like, "Pop, what's going?" And I said, "I'm as, I said, I'm about to, I'm ready to walk on water." And what he meant, what we meant by that is, he's like a little brother to me. And I'm very spiritual and I used to always say we have to go from zero to 60, meaning that if we go from zero to 60% of our potential, we could walk on water and get to 100%, but we got to meet God halfway and get to 60%. And because we were spiritual, we always believe in the miraculous powers of Jesus. So I was like, yo, if we maximize our full potential, we could probably walk on water too. And then when he saw me, I had tears in my eyes and I said, yo, man, I just got out of rehab. I'm at the shelter. And yo, I got, I'm about to. I'm trying to walk on water. He said, "You ready to walk on water?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Bro, I just need some money for food, man." And he said, "Pop, I got my. I got a. I got a spare twenty that I keep in my wallet just in case of emergencies. I haven't touched this twenty in a whole year. This is all the money I have." And he pulled out that twenty. That was the best twenty dollars I ever received in my life. He gave me that twenty dollars. I gave him a big hug I said next time you see me bro I'm gonna be right He said yo man stick with it pop And then I went And I got a bucket of chicken for me and my friends At the three quarter house I came in and they said Tell us about your day." I told them everything I did They said that's incredible I took a piece of chicken I ate it I gave them the bucket of chicken I said bro I looked at that bed I said guys i'll see y'all tomorrow i gotta go to bed and i went to bed then i did nine months of outpatient rehab psychiatric services, I saw a therapist, I took a biopsych social, I got on Wellbutrin for my sadness and to regulate my serotonin levels, I took up a meditation practice, I went to AA every day, I started exercising, I started praying every day, I started reading prayers every day, I started saying affirmations, I would look in the mirror and tell myself, you're powerful, you're great, you're activated, 09291979, I would say my birthday and say, activate, activate, You're a child of God. You're meant to be sober. You're great. And I would do that every day. I would literally live this life. I was 100% in. I stayed on the prayer because God kept his promise. So I kept mine. I stayed close to God. I listened to music. I wrote poetry. I wrote stories. I wrote essays. I wrote all type of stuff music songs i read i cried i worked out i suffered i ate i read i cried i went to treatment i went to i went to psych services i i sat with my counselors i didn't bullshit them i never missed a meeting i went to aa i brought my friends to aa i walked everywhere i did this all for a year and when i graduated rehab they gave me a certificate and it was a normal day my sister, i was living, I, I was able to when they released me from the program they give you a certificate i was going home to stay with my sister and her and my nieces and them and that's where i stay now you know and this is bringing me straight emotional man this is emotional man i'm telling you i tell this story a lot but it never gets old it was like when i came home that day it was like literally to my family and my sister and them it was just so crazy because my nieces they did this big kind of like makeshift card with crayons and stuff and it was like this big stick figure of me with a graduation cap on and it was like pictures of them and it was like congratulations Uncle Poppy and they didn't they knew I wasn't in school. They knew I was doing something about the drinking. Cause I used to drink all the time, and they would always see me and I would be playful, but I was always drunk. And I remember my little niece used to always say, the germs, the germs, the germs. She was so spiritual, she knew I was dirty. Like she was like, You're fun, but you're dirty. Don't touch me. The germs, the germs. I always thought that was cute because she was perceptive. She was like something about you that's not right. And for them to acknowledge that I did this thing. And for and I came in and they had cake and balloons. It was the first time I realized that yo God kept His promise and I did this great thing for myself, and that was simply committing to not drinking this toxic shit called alcohol. It was that simple, man. But it was so complex. I had to go through so much to unravel my life, and I had to commit, and it was all in. Because I had to deal with the mental health This is the other part everyone I had. You have to deal with the mental health If you're gonna deal with the Addiction You can't deal with addiction without dealing with the depression The sadness The anxiety, the isolation You gotta deal with grief and loss You can't be like I'm going through a divorce And I'm drinking and I'm drunk and I can't stop And not go see a, a, a counselor About losing your loved one Going through this terrible divorce You have to go through that You might need medication You might need therapy The more you deal with the root cause Of your pain and trauma and sadness The the higher the likelihood Of you beating the addiction for good They call this Comorbid addiction You can't heal the alcoholism Or the drug addiction Without addressing the mental health aspects Of the alcoholism And the drug addiction You can't heal the mental health and depression and sadness Without addressing the alcoholism and drugs That amplifies the depression, anxiety and sadness So when we think we're numbing ourselves and escaping The recovery community says it best You're just putting a band-aid on a bazooka wound Or a bullet wound It's not going to work At some point you're going to keep bleeding And it's going to get infected And you're going to have to get a limb cut off And you're going to die you got to treat the root cause of it And that's what I'm talking about here So if you're someone that's dealing with this right now When I say to you like Okay, so where are you at? So here's your options Cold turkey Cold turkey and go to Alcohol Anonymous or AA Or Smart Recovery Or the 100 other programs they have tempest is a good school they have all of these other programs right it's not just alcoholic anonymous but alcohol anonymous is the most popular one they have programs like alcoholic anonymous that don't deal with god right okay that's kind of like smart recovery if i'm not mistaken but you have to do you're gonna go cold turkey you have you should try to go into some form of impromptu community-based talk Situation where some form Of community and steps that you Could take to maintain recovery But if that's not going to do it And you know you're someone that's going to Consistently go then you have to go all in you and the reason why I say medically assisted detox is because once you are in a faci- once you're in a facility where you are five days in and you got this alcohol out your system or these drugs out your system, now you can really think clearly, right? You're not winging it. They're making sure you have an IV. They're making sure you don't go into shock because sometimes if an alcoholic like me, I couldn't just at that point of not eating for almost three months. Not drinking water, just drinking brandy. Trigger warning and beer and smoking Newports all day. That was my diet. That was what I was doing all day. I ain't gonna bullshit you guys. I, I, you put a burger in front of me, I'll throw it up. You put water in front of me, I'll start sweating. Water would totally make me just to totally turn into a puddle. Cause I was, I, mean, I would immediately start detoxing. I would drink up water and out my the temperature would go up. I was totally septic and toxic, man. So you have to go to detox or something like that. Like, how was I going to detox on my own? I would have probably died because my body would have just said, yo, you don't I don't have nothing to work with. You haven't eaten. So they had to put me on vitamins, IV. I'm talking about I was just sick for days. I was like, oh, my God, it was just horrible. But on that fifth day, I was like born again. I felt potential. And then when you go into rehab now Now you can unpack the pain of that breakup when you was young That parent that may have walked out That person that got away That job you may have lost That pain that you're dealing with That depression that you don't know how to deal with The grief, the sadness, the trauma That post-traumatic stress from all the trauma in your life You can unpack that in rehab You could talk to a professional counselor Then If you don't want to do that, at least go to therapy and unpack the traumatic part and then go to AA. If you want to cut out the detox and the rehab, then at least think about going to see a psychologist or a therapist. So here's the difference. A therapist is someone that's going to talk to you, assess your situation, and recommend you if to, to recommend if you need further treatment and to see a psychiatrist. All right. A psychologist is someone Who studies the mind and the, the mental health A psychiatrist is someone Who can diagnose you Based on a DSM-5 Treat you, diagnose you, medicate you Or figure out the best course of treatment A therapist is someone who could talk to you And help you work out a lot And then when it gets past their pay grade They'll, they'll recommend you to a psyche- psychiatrist You usually have to take something called biopsychosocial, Which determines where you are On the mental health spectrum and what type of Trauma what type of treatment may be best For you and what they're really dealing with It's a comprehensive psychological Test that they ask you all these Questions at least three to four hundred questions It's very very powerful stuff I did every single one of Those things and then I had to Sit into an outpatient Program that pretty much was like School they educated us On addiction what to do What not to do why does this happen How to deal with family how to deal with grief How to deal with this stuff so by I graduated I was a certified expert I was given a certificate that said you successfully completed nine months Nine to ten months or nine to eleven months of this treatment in this program where you learned x, y, and z, we drug test you every day to verify that you did not cheat you 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 stayed committed to your psychiatric plan, your therapy, you did all of these things that we had to do. we had to go through family members, enablers, all of this stuff codependency. It was so much that when I decided to six months into my recovery create sober as dope. Sober's Dope was actually created day one of my record well, when I got into the three quarter house. Me and my gang, the gang of guys, we came up with Sober's Dope. It was a joke. You can hear about that later on. But I didn't decide to put Sober's Dope into full motion until I was driving one day and I felt empty. I just was driving and said, there's something that I'm supposed to be doing, man. I'm living this life. I got a beautiful job. I got my family. I'm sober. I'm I'm just not even thinking about alcohol. It was just like I had no, I didn't even dabble in the addiction community. I, I didn't need to go to AA anymore. I was just totally healed. I did so much psychological healing that I just didn't, alcohol no longer existed to me. The the, the concept of treatment, and I was so far removed from that, it just never dawned on me that it was a problem. I was so, I was healed totally because God did this transformation with me and I went all in. But it wasn't enough because I started saying to myself, you got to tell your story. Because it's the only way somebody else is going to be able to do it. I was driving around, and you know how you drive, and then some, uh, some, uh, someone usually comes and asks you to clean your window, or they're selling you something, and you could tell they got a sign up saying I'm a veteran, or, or I just need food, but you could tell that they're a drug addict or alcoholic because they look totally messed up. And I would always ask, I would say, Yo, I'm in treatment, man. What's your thing? You need a drink or whatever? I would help people get drinks. I would help them because I understood when I was on the street. That might help them survive another day, but I wouldn't give them that money without telling them their options. Like, hey, listen, I'm giving this to you because I know you' sick. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a tyrant. I'm not mean like that. But you know, I was where you was at, bro, or ma'am, and you know, you could really get treatment. And here's my number and call me. And if I see you here and get in six months, I'm not giving you money because you need to know that there's options. But here, have a nice day. But after a while of seeing people dying and overdosing and getting sick, and I was just like, yo, you got to help. And that's where Sober is Dope comes from. And that's Pop Buchanan. So if you're on Instagram and you're seeing me post all of these celebrity videos, that's not Sober is Dope. That's me saying to the world, look, this is what sobriety looks like in a way that you can identify. See, someone can identify with Robert downey jr that's iron man so when he says oh i'm sober it carries more weight than when a stranger named pop says it so i said well let me not make this all about pop buchanan because i can't get to as many people that way but i'm not i can't continue to post celebrity videos and stuff because that's not the deal of sober is dope the deal of sober is dope is sober is dope we, I went through the fire for you. I have taken all of the steps that's necessary so I can speak in an educated way about what to expect when you want to heal. And most importantly, I can make you a guarantee that if you committed yourself and you were serious and you took the steps, I promise you I'm living proof and I could bet you on your best dollar that I was down and out, just like you were worse. I was like down there with the worst of them, man. I'm telling you, if I could come back from that near-death experience of my addiction and you can do it i mean i got people talking to me and they're still in their house and they want to get out of this and i'm like man i had to fight through the jungle to get through this man so if i could do that then you certainly can but you can't be afraid of what your friends are gonna think you can't be afraid of what your husband or wife is gonna think or what any what no matter what your gender orientation is you can't Worry about what someone else is gonna think. You can't be embarrassed. You can't be so concerned about public appearance that you deny yourself treatment because you wanna keep up with the Joneses and do all of this stuff in secret. You have to be courageous. By any means necessary, you have to say to yourself, I have to do what's needed so I can get to the next level, so I don't die, and so I can amplify my life. We know now. And Gary V's gonna say you preaching, pop, you preaching. Okay, let me tone it down because I'm not a preacher. But Gary V always, I mean, Gary V's gonna say stay positive, compassionate, 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 and, and, and content, content, content. But what I'm saying is, you gotta do it for yourself. You can't be afraid. The health benefits of recovery is insurmountable alcohol and drugs just kill every aspect of the human spirit the human body and mind someone today inboxed me and said what's up with the sober's dope book i want to get a copy but this is not about god right you're not going to try to bring me to god or sell me god and you know what i said i said honestly bro if i told you my whole story i would be remiss if I couldn't mention God. I'm sorry, I don't serve man. I don't serve anything, I serve God. I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I don't have a church, I'm not gonna ask you to do anything, I'm not gonna ask you to give your life to Jesus. I may talk about that in a book because that's my experience and I'm not ashamed You know, Judas denied Christ three times I will not do it for this book I will not do it for this podcast And I will not do it for anyone If you're dealing with Pop Buchanan You must know My story started 10 years ago With me as a totally damaged, broken, sick soul That was at his wit's end that was that came from a beautiful family I'm not your stereotypical kid I came from a family with a mother and father We went to church My brother was a Roman Catholic priest I went to one of the best high schools in New York Bishop Lachlan Memorial High School A lot of real famous people went there I was fast-tracked to go to Ivy League schools But I just didn't so I wound up going to a beautiful State University called Farmingdale State University, from there I had A very good job at Geico. Direct, And then from there I became a real estate investor At a very young age, at 24 years Old, I was making a lot of money I had a brownstone in Brooklyn, I was Living this life, I was doing music I was writing poetry, I had Everything going for me, but Addiction was always present because I would just naturally drink Going out socially, but I didn't Know I had an allergy, so it would affect me differently from everyone else so when i wake up the next day i didn't know why i felt so crappy and my friends would be normal and why i had to sneak a beer to be normal this was something i had to deal with i didn't know the science i ain't know nothing about aa i didn't know about the doctor's opinion i didn't know about the allergy there was no dr gabor mate there was no big book for me i didn't know none of this stuff most of us don't unless we educate ourselves and we're talking about 10 to, 20, 10 to 15 to 20 years ago. I've been drinking since college, since a kid. It was a normal pastime. I'm American. This is what we do. But we don't address the people who have the allergy and the sickness and the disease. So we ostracize them and say, oh, they have a problem. They, they need to figure it out. But they need help. So that's how it works. So when you judge people and do all of this, that's how it works. Now, fast forward, when I have nothing and I'm at my wit's end and I go to pray to God for a Hail Mary and it actually works, do you think in your right state of mind I'm not going to put that in my book? And I'm not mad at anything, I'm just saying, like, I have to be honest. So if you want to boil down the Sober is Dough podcast, the Sober is Dough book, and Who Pop You Can It Is, you could do it like this. This guy wrote something that gives us somewhat of a blueprint that made him get to 10 years with pure confidence. So if I get this book and I listen to this podcast, I'll have enough of this guy's kind of psychology that could help me. I always tell you. I read every book. I don't read the Quran. I'm Catholic. I don't read the Quran. I don't read the Jewish scriptures. I have read the Tao Te Ching. Everything in life has a purpose. Just take what resonates with you and disregard what doesn't. But don't push something away because of your own internal fear, right? Don't do that. And I'm never going to tell you that you need God. You should do this. I'm not, I don't, I don't care what you do. I just care Or I just want you to live. I just want you to have the knowledge to live. I I don't know most of you. I'm never going to probably meet you. I'm just telling you because I love you and I don't want you to be where I was without a shot, without a chance of a miracle, miraculous transformation in your life. I want you to have a chance to transform. I want you to have a chance to live. Now, before I go I made y'all guys a promise You can open the Sober's Dope book At any point, at any page Randomly and it's something you could use Right? So I'm going to open the book up now And we're to I'm going to read whatever happens Alright? I'm going to shake the book around You hear it? And now I'm opening it random Wow! Prayer for forgiveness Okay, let's go Page 40 from the Sober's Dope book Prayer for forgiveness I'm not going to read the whole thing But I'm going to read a part of it Heavenly Father, please give us the power to heal our broken hearts. Please help us to seal the sins of our past. Please remove any lingering guilt and shame for our past mistakes. Heavenly Father, we come to you through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you, Father God, to help us find perpetual peace. May you hide us in the wounds of Jesus Christ and cleanse us of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, please bless us as we start over. Please help us to forgive ourselves first. Please accept our prayers and know that we come to you with a clean and repentant heart. We suffered and caused many people great pain through our sins. Please remove the sins of our addictions, lies, lust, and selfishness. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to send us a hedge of protection. May we be protected by the Elohim. May the Archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael, Sentiel, Barakiel, and Judiel defend us. We ask you to bless us in the natural and the supernatural. We humbly beg you, Father, for forgiveness. We forgive everyone who hurt us, and we turn the other cheek to the pain of the world. We acknowledge that humanity is still young and learning, We recognize that people are afraid and broken. Please give us the power and strength to help others. Please use our sins and transgressions as tools for transformation. Renew us in the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask for a creative miracle. We ask that you bless us with the spirit of forgiveness and love. We ask that you release everyone who still struggles with the torment of addiction. We ask that you release everyone that still struggles with the darkness of drugs and alcohol. Please forgive them. Please forgive me. And please forgive us. You're listening to Soap is Dope. I'm your boy, Pop Buchanan. That was an excerpt from the Soap is Dope book, page 40, prayer of forgiveness. I love you all. These are my steps This is my story How I got sober Why I got sober Why I'm doing Sober is Dope What Instagram Sober is Dope is about What TikTok Sober is about What the public image of Sober is Dope is about Who is Pop Buchanan Why am I doing this Why do I care And why do I believe any of this is effective This episode should clarify Answer and give you guys insight on who I am Because I don't want to hide any part of me And I want to give you guys the best parts of me I love you all if you're struggling with addiction Inbox me, call me, sober is dope at gmail.com. You can email me, sober is at gmail.com. You can follow us at sober is dope book on Instagram or sober is dope on Instagram. Um, you can listen to my music, Pop You Can It, on Spotify. We do a lot creati- creatively. You can check out our NFTs and our comic books from Meta is Dope. Recovery brought us a lot of creativity in our life and we're willing to give back and we're pumped and we're fired up. I am the best version. Of myself I could be today And I have a long way to go But I wouldn't be here to even fight For that evolution if I kept drinking And and wilding out So I love you all This is my testimony It's a long one but it's from the heart I hope it helps Tell me what you think on Instagram Email me, stay in touch, stay connected I love you all And I'll catch you on the other side